Proverbs chapter 31, verse number 10. It says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that she so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Who can find, the writer said, who can find a virtuous woman? I want to I preach on this Mother's Day for a few moments here about the value of our mother. Amen. The value of our mother. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. I got to thinking just in the last day or so about all of the different mothers that are listed in the Bible. And there are a lot of them. There are very, there's, a, there's quite a few of them. And they show up at different times and did different things that make them stand out. But if you could compile a list of the mothers in the scripture, which ones stand out to you? Think, think about that with me for just a minute as I start. The, the mothers in the scripture, who are the ones that stand out? Would it, would it be Eve I mean, Eve was the mother of all living, the Bible talks about. We call her the mother of all living. Um, who are some of the other mothers that come to your mind? Would maybe Sarah? Sarah, of course, was the wife of Abraham, and they were not able to have children until very late in life. And their son, of course, was Isaac. And from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the nations of the world were blessed through that family. So Sarah was a very significant mother. Maybe, maybe you thought of Hannah. I don't know. Hannah was an important story in the Bible. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Samuel was the, the man who was the prophet of God. He was the last judge in Israel. He was also a priest, a very important man. He was the one who anointed Saul, and he anointed David. I mean, you think about all these different individuals that, that come to your mind, and there's one of my favorite uh, mothers in the Bible is Naomi. If you know the story of Ruth, if you read that story, that book, of course, of Ruth is only four chapters, and it tells the story of Ruth, and Ruth is a, about Ruth, but when I read the story of Ruth, what I think about is I think about Naomi, and I think that that story could very easily, or that book could very easily be called Naomi, because Naomi was the Jewish woman, Ruth was the Moabite woman, but it was Naomi who, who left Bethlehem, and she ended up coming back, and uh, her daughter-in-law, Ruth, is married Boaz. And when Ruth and Boaz had that child, if you read the last few verses of the book of Ruth, they took the child of Ruth and Boaz and laid it in the, the arms of Naomi. And they, they talked about this child that she now has because their, her husband had died. And, and so here was the story of, of Naomi. And you um, think of Moses' mother, Jochebed. And when the, the edict came down from Pharaoh that all of the, the children, all the sons are to be, are to be killed, Jochebed prepares a little ark, a little boat out of the bulrushes, and she, say, she lays her little child, Moses, in that little boat and sets it up at the edge of the Nile River and saves him that way because God had a plan for Moses that Moses would be the one who would lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and so you think about all of these individuals and their contribution in the Scripture, um, these different ladies, and uh, you could even, of course, probably include Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus, in that list. But we, we honor mothers today on this Mother's Day, and of course the, one of the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and your 
mother. John MacArthur, who is an author and preacher, he said this. He said, for better or worse, now listen to this, for better or worse, mothers are the makers of men. They are the architects of the next generation. And just to kind of dovetail with what my wife was saying about the importance that a lady, a mother, plays in the future and the influence of a child, it's, it's, it's something you, it's hard to even put an estimate on how important or how valuable that is. When Paul wrote to Timothy, think about this with me for just a minute. When Paul wrote to Timothy, who was kind of his protege, his, his younger minister who was coming up behind him, Paul wrote to Timothy and he reminded him of some things in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. It says, Paul told Timothy this. He said, Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Notice that with me for just a minute before we move on. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Timothy, remember who taught you these things. Who taught you these things, Timothy? It was your mother and your grandmother. Timothy, remember, continue in the things that you have learned and knowing of whom you have learned them. Verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. From a child, Lois and Eunice were teaching Timothy the scripture. They were sharing, they were imparting him. And I would just kind of reiterate what my wife was trying, was speaking and what she was saying up here. The most important thing that mothers or parents or any of us adults for that matter the most important thing, can I say it loud and clear without, without getting, without being, uh, I don't know, too abrupt, but the most important thing that any of us can do as adults is to point our children in the direction of the Lord. Amen? Amen. It is the most important. It does not matter if they get a great job. If they know the Lord, that job stuff will work out. It doesn't matter all of the extra pursuits and things that, that kids are often pushed into today. What matters is do they know the Lord? Amen. Do they know God? Because if we can somehow push our children in that right direction, they're going to have the greatest opportunity in the rest of their life. They're still going to have a choice like Brother Jones was talking about in our class this morning. We were created with a choice. And we, we still have that choice. But if we can somehow give our our children, that opportunity by pointing them in the right direction. Amen. And so Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, remember those things. Second Timothy 1.5 is where he actually mentions his grandmother and his mother. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in thee also. I, I, several years ago, it's probably been close to 15 years now, 15 years ago now. My grandmother, Dickie, was in the nursing home right up. There used to be a nursing home right up here where Taco Bell is now. But my grandmother, she, was, she lived in Dewar for many years and went to the Dewar United Pentecostal Church. And when she got later in her life, they put her in the nursing home over here. And I remember the evening. It was a Saturday night. She died. And... Um, my, my grandma, this is my great-grandmother that passed away at that nursing home, but my grandma was here, and, and we had gone to visit, and, and we knew it was the, the final, her, the, the last day and last days. And so, but when it came time for her funeral, I had the, the privilege of, of 
doing the obituary and, and talking in that funeral. But, but I remember in that funeral, I, she, we called her grandmother. And the only place in the Bible where it talks about grandmother is that verse right there. And where Paul talks to Timothy about his grandmother, the faith that is in your grandmother. And I'm so thankful today that there was an apostolic heritage that was passed down through through the years from my my great actually and I mentioned in the life class my great great grandpa uh, Jeremiah Dickey he was an apostolic preacher that was passed down to T.T. and Mary Dickey and to my grandma my I call her granny granny Peters and and to my through my mom's generation and to me and and now to my children and Lord willing which he is, to the next generation, sixth and seventh generation. Thank God. Amen. Thank God for an apostolic heritage. Amen. If you have a parent or you have a grandparent or you have a great-grandparent that somewhere along the line they introduced you to an apostolic message of one God, amen, Acts 2.38, you ought to be thankful for that. Praise the Lord. And if you're raising children today, you need to make sure this gets in your children. Amen. Our children need to know that there is no other way to be saved other than repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That, that needs to, we need to get that message into the hearts and the lives of our children. I had a little article up here that Sister Porter had given me some time ago. It was written, it was actually a poem written by your great-grandmother, which her name was Georgia Hurt. And uh, and there there was an article that appeared, and I'm assuming it was the Morris newspaper at one point. I don't remember all the the backstory to this, but this was written by Georgia Hurt. This is Janice's Janice Hurt, excuse me, Janice Porter's great grandmother. So this would be. Um, so I was counting the generations. So from Georgia Hurt down to Maddie, this is six generations. And she wrote this poem, and it was um, published shortly after Mother's Day. And I, I'm just going to share this with you briefly here. It says, we realize Mother's Day was Sunday, but W.D. Pop Hurt, the city's meter man, was, was a little late in submitting something to this columnist that brought back memories of his mother. When Georgia Hurt realized her time on earth was limited, she composed six paragraphs of rhyme and left them on a sheet of ruled paper among her possessions for the surviving children. The well-chosen words are a positive indication. Mrs. Hurt was a God-loving woman who loved her family and apparently had no fear of death. Her husband, Tom, had passed away November 8, 1948. She, she succumbed at Morris on November 15, 1957, was laid to rest exactly nine years to the day after his demise. Of her eight children, six of them are still living. Pop is the only one residing here. He discovered the folded piece of paper and thought Mrs. Hurt's thoughts would be appropriate for Mother's Day. So did this reporter, and following, although somewhat belated, is her composition. I'm an old soldier. My head is bending low. My shoes worn and tattered as down this path I go. I have fought many a battle against the mighty foe, have seen the dead and dying and heard their mournful groans. I am fighting the battle for Jesus against Satan and sin, and when I knock on the door of heaven, I'm sure he will let me in. 
If I have lived a life for him down this world below, I know he will give me a shining crown and a robe as white as snow. Could we but see what is ahead of us down here below, I'm sure we would change our ways as down this path we go. Oh, let us live a life for Christ and love his beautiful name. And then when he calls us, we will, we will never be ashamed. Amen. I thought that was appropriate for Mother's Day. And I don't know all of your history there. I don't know how far the apostolic message goes back in your history. But I thank God for people in our background who pass the message along. Amen. I'm thankful for somebody. I'm thankful for my grandma, my granny Peters. And I've talked about it probably too much. But I'm thankful that one day she said, boys, why don't you go to youth camp? Amen. Pointing, pointing those boys, me and my twin brother and my younger brother, pointing them in the right direction. Hey, let's love God. Let's do something for God. Even when mom had gone astray and mom was going a different direction, grandma was there and, and we've had a support of other people in our family. Thank God for that. Amen. But, you know, we have the influence of mothers and, and mothers are so important. But what I want to talk about here for just a moment is the influence of the church. And the church is like a mother. And I think even Sister Lauren was alluding to that as she was leading our worship before she led her worship. The church is like a mother to us. Amen. The church is a group of people that cares and reaches out to other people in the community. Amen. Thank God for the church. Can somebody say amen? Thank God for the church. Thank God there's a church in Shakota, Oklahoma. Thank God there's an apostolic witness in Shakota, Oklahoma. I thank God for every apostolic Pentecostal church that's preaching the gospel. Amen. And I thank God that there's a group of people that when there's a hurting person or there are people that are in need in a community, there's a place for them to come. There's a place of refuge for them to come. Just like in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. We have a natural mother. We have a spiritual mother. You know what the spiritual mother is? It's the bride of Christ. It's the church of the living God. And so here's, I'll, I'll try to be brief here this morning, but this is what I want you to know. It is important for every person to be connected to the church. Amen. More people ought to say amen to that. It is important for every single one of us to be connected to the body of Christ. You know, just like a mother teaches us right and wrong often. It is in the church where we hear teaching and we hear preaching. It is just like a mother feeds their family or her family it is in the church where we are fed and we are nourished our souls are fed on that bread that is convenient for our souls and everybody needs to be fed you know what I've noticed as a pastor that when people begin to become unfaithful they are missing out on spiritual nourishment they are missing out on spiritual food that they need to be eating and it isn't long they become they become a little bit weak in the flesh or weak in the spirit I should say my wife and I, we were going to listen to this book on our travels this past week, this book called 438 Days, and it's about a, a man from Mexico who got on a boat, and his boat got caught in a storm, he and his fisherman buddy, and they spent 438 days out on the water. Just And, and the, in the book, he talks about how that because they weren't able to eat regularly, how their bodies begin to shrink, and their, especially the guy that was with them. And, and that's what happens to people spiritually when they stop hearing the word, when they stop feeding, when they stop praying, when they stop coming to church, they're missing meals. 
Amen. They get a little bit drawn up and they get a little bit weak spiritually until it ultimately has an effect on them. But thank God there's a church. Amen. Thank God there is a group of, there is a place. And while the preaching and while the teaching may not be top notch, it may not be top shelf. Thank God there's Sunday school teachers. Thank God for our youth leaders. Thank God there's a children's church that we're pushing the word of God into the hearts and the lives of, of our young people and our families. Amen. Families are important, aren't they? Amen. Thank God for the church. Thank God that we can become a part of the family of God. The church is a family. I remember as a young person, as, as I started getting more involved in the church, coming to church, it was my brothers and I, my two brothers and I, we were going to, it, at that time it was called South United Pentecostal Church. It later became Southern Oaks United Pentecostal Church. But I remember going to church. And that church family, in a very real way, became my family. There were people in that church that became very precious to me, important. In fact, even today, there are elders in that church in Oklahoma City. I don't get to see them very often. Every once in a while, I'll see them at camp meeting or at an, at an event or someplace. And those precious people, they are so important to me. I could name names to you today. Names some of you might know, probably most of them wouldn't mean anything to you. But they're a part of my family. Amen. There are people in this church. You are my family. You are important to me. The church of the living God, it is a family. We are a knit together community of brothers and sisters here in the Lord. Amen. And I thank God for the church. Amen. I thank God that when we, we come into the church, we become a part of the family of God. In fact, Galatians chapter 4 says this. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4. Listen to this with me for just a moment. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth His Son, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We have, see, we, we've, we've been adopted. We have become a part of a very special family. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are. Anybody in this room, doesn't matter who you are, where you come, came from. This, this family is for everybody. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, green. Everybody. It's for everybody. Amen. You're a part of something special. Amen. And I just... I was thinking, I guess it, it was this morning, or maybe it was last night that this, this thought occurred to me. Just how important it is, this community of people we are together. The people that you're sitting next to in front, in front of and behind, how important those people are. Sometimes we take people for granted, and we just, you know, well, we just take things for granted. But you know that this community of believers here in this room is so very, very important. We are often, think about this with me, that we are often the voice of the Lord to people. We are often the voice of the Lord to people. When, when people are in certain seasons in their life, and somebody in the body, somebody in the church walks up to them and said, Hey, love you, brother. Sorry to look at you, you're my daughter. I just want you to know I love you, I'm praying for you, and I care about you. 
they may not they may not ever hear Jesus say that to them. But somebody in the body can say that to them. And that's the value, the importance of the body. Stand up for me, honey. It's, it's a good day. Now, I'm, I'm naturally, I don't know if it's naturally, I'm, I'm not a good hugger. And, and I would just, as w- I'm, I'm not talking about my wife specifically, but I would just as well shake your hand as hug your neck. But I, I don't mind hugging people. But, but I, here's, here's what I'm going to try to say. That, that was kind of silly. But sometimes if somebody will come up and put their arm around you, loosen up a little bit here. You're kind of stiff. You can, you know what, you can come to church sometime, and you can be discouraged, and you can be hurting, and a brother can, appreciate you. You know what, you know what I thought about, Brother Jones? It's like, it's like the hugs of Jesus. You know, Jesus is not physically, literally in this room, hugging people, but but sometimes our neighbor, our brother, our sister will hug us. Does, does that make sense? Sometimes it's the people in your, that you're in community with. That's how valuable it is, the value of our mother. I hope that makes sense. I know I was getting silly there. But sometimes we hug people, and it's like the hugs of Jesus. Amen. It's the, the words of Jesus. It's, it's, that's, that's, why, that's why you need to show up. For one, thank you, thank you for being here. That's why you need to show up. But then you don't just need to sit there in your chair, but you ought to be looking for people. Who can I shake their hand? Who can I hug their neck? Who can I speak an encouraging word to them? Who can I touch their shoulder? Who can I, who can I just pat them on the shoulder and say, hey, good to see you. I love you. I missed you. I love you. Not in a condemning way, but encouraging way. You become the hands. You become the hugs of Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord for his family. Thank the Lord for his church. And the last thing here that I would tell you today, the thing that thrills me about being a part of the church, about the mother of the church, is that when people come into the church, you and I personally, we cannot force anybody to repent. When somebody repents of their sins, it's their own choice, their own decision. If Mel- when Melody decided to repent, it was her decision. There wasn't a preacher that said, all right, you have to repent. She made that decision. When she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that was a work of God. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. But when you got baptized, Melanie, when did you get baptized? Sorry to put you on the spot. Back in the when she got baptized in the eighties, I'm going to assume there was a preacher, Brother Maxwell, or there was a preacher somewhere in your history that. Step down in the water with you, or there at the baptistry, and they said, "In the name of Jesus Christ, I baptize Melody Hampton, whatever your name was." <laughs> I baptize Mel. But here's what I'm trying to say: is when people come to the church, and we did two of them last Sunday, Tanya and Chris Rock. 
I can't force Chris Rock. I couldn't force Chris Rock. I couldn't force Tanya. I cannot force anybody to repent. I cannot give anybody the gift of the Holy Ghost. As much as I would love to, I'd love to give everybody in my city the gift of the Holy Ghost. I can't repent for anybody, and I can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. But you know what I get to be a part of is I get to baptize people. You can baptize people too, by the way. You can baptize people. Every believer can baptize and go and make disciples. they They can go make disciples. Amen. But that is the part of this whole conversion experience that you and I, we get to literally be a part of when we baptize people in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today I am thankful for the church. I'm thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm thankful that you're a part of the kingdom of God. I'm thankful that you worship alongside with me. I'm thankful that there's a group of people that are not ashamed to lift their hands and to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm thankful that there's a group of people in Shakota, Oklahoma, that they're not afraid to shout. And they're not afraid to sing unto the Lord. They're not afraid to talk in tongues. I'm, not, I'm thankful that there is a group of people in Shakota, Oklahoma, that loves God and are striving and making their way to heaven. Praise the Lord. We are a part of the greatest institution on the entire planet Earth. We are a part of the church. And there is great value of being a part of the church. Amen. Why don't you stand with me tonight, this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for this fellowship. I'm thankful for this family. Amen. I'm so thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Lord Jesus, we love you. And I thank you today for every family, every individual, every young person and every child that is here this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in our midst. I thank you, Lord, for the change you made in us. And Lord, this morning, we're thankful that we can be together. We're thankful, Lord, for one another. I thank you, Lord, for the unity in this church. I thank you, Lord, that you are continuing to work. And, Lord, until you return for your, for your church and, and take your church out of this world, God, I, I thank you and I praise you for the things that you're going to do through this group of people. God, I pray strength and blessing, O oh Lord, upon each and every one of them. Lord, I pray revival in this church. I pray and ask, God, that you would pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that there would be a constant and a perpetual flow of the Holy Ghost in each one of our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, we worship you. We give you glory. We give you honor today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. In the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. I'm going to invite you to come around the front with me here for a few moments of prayer together as the church. I want you to join me here around the front. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're close to your family here today, or if you have family members here, it'd be good if you you joined up with them if possible. Spend a few moments here in prayer. Praise the Lord. God's doing great things. Amen. We need to continue to push forward. We need to continue to move forward in unity, in one mind, one accord. We need to continue to pray for greater revival in our city. Hallelujah. Would you pray with the people that you're close to there near you? If there's somebody around you that's not that's not with anybody, would you join up with them? Would you pray for that person? In the name of Jesus, God, we ask blessing over our families today. We pray, God, that you would grant strength and mercy, O oh God. I'm praying, O oh Lord, in the days ahead, 
whatever trouble, Lord, may be in front of us. Lord, whatever things may unfold, God, we ask for wisdom. We ask for courage, oh God. I ask you, Lord, that you would let supernatural things unfold in our families and our homes. God, I pray for the miraculous.